0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This
2: is another Astros podcast. Here comes the O2 to Gerard Dyson. That is lifted in the air left side going out Bregman in the foul territory. He's there, makes the grab. And that is the ball game. Garrett Cole with a masterpiece. A complete game shutout strikes out 16 and the Astros beat the Diamondbacks 8-0. One
0: of the most dominating performances we've ever seen here for a Houston Astro.
2: Welcome back Robert Ford joined by Astros pitching coach Brent Strom and you saw a fantastic pitching performance from Garrett Cole yesterday giving up just one hit striking out 16 throwing a, a shutout and 114 pitches and I mean, it's, it's been amazing what he's done so far in an Astros uniform. It seems like he keeps topping himself.
3: Yeah, it seems that way. You know, I think the most impressive thing is actually uh, two things. One, not striking anybody out in the first, so he basically got the 16 in eight innings. Mm-hmm. And But I think more the 114 pitches is shocking to me uh, to strike that many people out. He had a number of uh, four-pitch strikeouts, a couple three-pitch strikeouts in there, and he was in cruise control. I mean, uh, it was an impressive outing, one of the greatest I've ever seen in my career and
2: then you see him last batter of the game
3: gerard dyson you know he was throwing 97 98
2: his last pitch was 99 which was the hardest pitch he's thrown this season i mean just to still have that you know 110 pitches into an outing
3: well people that kind of watch uh pitchers deliveries or anything this 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 young man has a kind of a picture delivery that you really want to teach and what he i think his biggest one of his biggest strengths is is he stays behind the baseball and he presents he presents an image like he's very close to you when you, when you hit against him. Uh, Greg Maddox used to do that in a different way with less, less velocity, but he doesn't peel off. He stays right in line. And, and hitters, I think, I think what they see from him, and I've heard, uh, I think Gary Pettis told me that uh, the third baseman for Oakland uh, was talking to him that uh, Chapman was saying that the ball just seems to get on me, it seems to pick up speed as it gets closer to home plate, which, of course, we know is impossible, mm-hmm. but uh, the perception is that this backspin four-seam fastball just jumps on the hitter, and and you think you're on it, and you're not.
2: So is
3: there a way for a pitcher
2: to create that, or is that just something some guys just are able to do better than others?
3: Well, we we, we have some some techniques that we try and use. You know, we, we use a lot of high-speed high speed footage to see if their fingers are behind the baseball or if they get on the side of the baseball, if they're imparting the amount of power that you hope because – if you don't do that, then everything you do before that is kind of dissipated by uh, by your fingers not being in the proper position, by the uh, uh, the timing of everything and, and the extension that's created. So uh, we have ways of looking at it and, and getting people back on track, uh, And uh, but I can't divulge those. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: understandable. Now, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, I mean, you look at the two of them, and it seems like they're very similar pitchers. Obviously, Verlander's further along in his career. Do you think... Being around Verlander, watching him pitch, getting to talk to him has helped Gary Cole.
3: Hell, me. Me being around Verlander has helped me. Yeah, uh-huh. to be quite frank, and uh, you know he, this guy helps me a great deal. He sees things that I don't see, and uh, he's been very, 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 very easy to work with. Very helpful. I, uh, my ego is not such that I won't take advice from anybody, and. And uh, guys that have been there as long as Verlander has, uh, Cole is learning from him, McCullers is learning from them. All, they all are picking up things from each other, and it's kind of a, a nice, friendly rela- rivalry between the five of them, you know. And uh, Biggio was kind of funny the other day. He said, uh, man, with this kind of set, how do you feel? I said, I feel like Leo Mazzoni of the Atlanta Braves when he has Schmoltz and Glavin and Maddox and a uh, young Steve Avery. So uh, it's kind of fun. I'm just trying to stay out of their way, quite frankly.
2: Well, when are we going to see you rocking in the dugout, Limcazoni? Then.
3: <laughs> well, if we keep going like that,
2: I'll promise to do it. Okay. <laughs> so, great year, obviously last year for the Astros, and I know a great year for you, winning a World Series, and just considering how long you've you've been in baseball, first championship you've won as a as a pitching coach. What was the the coolest thing you got to do as a result of being part of the the championship that the Astros had?
3: When it was funny when the World Series ended. I never got up on the top rail in Game 7. I, I stayed below and did, kept my book work down below, looked through people's legs, and when I saw the ground ball hit by Seeger and I saw everybody jumping for joy, I came out and I, I actually went on one knee and, and was very grateful for what had happened. And uh, In fact, I'm getting a little emotional now talking about it, but uh, it was uh, a highlight of my life, to be honest with you, uh, from my baseball life anyway. And so I'm hoping we can repeat it. It would be a lot of fun to, to go, but, you know, heavy is the crown who wears it, you know. So we're going to have our work cut out for you. The Angels have improved. The Mariners are playing great baseball. Uh, the Oakland A's are not to be uh, downplayed at all. They have a very, very good club. So we have our work cut out for us, but I think this club is up to the challenge.
2: Brent Strom, Astros pitching coach, thank you so much for, for joining us, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. The Houston Astros Radio Network. 3-1. And Springer drills this one pretty deep to left center field, and you can kiss that one goodbye.
0: Robert Ford, Steve Sparks. This is big
2: boy baseball.
1: This is the Houston Astros Radio Network.
2: And welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Astros General Manager Jeff Luno before the Astros take on the Diamondbacks here in Arizona, and Jeff saw a performance for the age as one of the best performances by a pitcher in Astros history on Saturday with Garrett Cole, a one-hit shutout, 16 strikeouts. I mean, it seems like this rotation in general, and Cole in particular, just when you think they can't top themselves, they, they're able to do it.
4: Really incredible. I mean, it was a dominating performance. We've seen a bunch of dominating performances this year, but nothing quite like that. I mean, that's an epic performance. I really thought he was going to break the strikeout records for the Houston Astros that night. And, you know, every night he goes out there, you know something special might happen. So he's, he's been such a great addition to our team and gives us a lot of confidence if he and the rest of the guys keep pitching the way they're pitching that, you know, we're going to have a, another great year.
0: When you guys uh, targeted him as potential trade target, were there things once you made that acquisition that you wanted to suggest to him right away?
4: Now, you know, the, the reality is we always find a few things here and there that we think can improve a pitcher, whether it's pitch selection or how they mix up their pitches or location. And, you know, Strami saw some things, and and our analytics guy saw some things. But uh, he was really open-minded. When he was at spring training, he told us what his game plan had been last year and some of his struggles and what he thought. So, really, a lot of the ideas we worked with him on this year were really his ideas that he had about how he could get better. And that's that's the type of person we want in our clubhouse.
2: You know, one thing that's been impressive to watch early this season, Jeff, is the performance of your, your two catchers. Uh, Brian McCann, obviously, a little bit more of a known commodity. This is the first time Max Stassi has really gotten a an extended opportunity at the major league level, and Stassi especially has been uh, very impressive with the improvements he's made defensively, and he's been able to contribute offensively as well.
4: He has. I mean, he's caught he's caught some big games. He caught that Cole game. He caught Burlander last time. He's been catching the the studs, and you know it's hard to build confidence in guys that have one Cy Youngs and guys that are that dominant. And he's done it. So, you know, I'm just so happy because last year we had to put him on waivers. He fortunately didn't get claims. We kept him in our system and we added him to the roster. Uh, and and now, you know, he's a guy that I think has a chance to be with us for a lot of years because he's young, he can hit, he can catch, and he's learning how to catch these, these guys at the top of the rotation, which is really important.
0: That four-game series with the New York Yankees was a lot of fun to watch. Obviously, there's a lot of stars on the field when those two teams get together. Do you take anything away from that series if you anticipate those two teams playing in the playoffs and feel like, all right, we may need to improve in this area or that area, or do you just wait toward the end of the season?
4: I think when you face a team like that, they are so strong. They've got great bullpen. They've got amazing lineup. And, uh, you know, but we have had their number in the past. Uh-huh. So. You know, this this last week, to me, was an example that it's not going to be easy. No, no matter who we who we face down the road, these good teams, they're going to be battling and we're going to have to – the margin for her is very thin. We could have easily won three out of four games, I think, in that series, but mm-hmm. we only won one. And, you know, we'll have to go up to New York and try and take a couple from, from them because obviously last time we faced them in the – Championship series, the the home team won every game, so we're off to we're behind the eight ball here to start the year.
2: You know, you talk about that series, and obviously, two great teams, two teams that have a chance to to meet in the postseason. But still, I mean, it's it's May. Is it tough sometimes not to? to overreact either positively or negatively to a series like that based on the results and, and kind of remember that that it's still still a long way to go in the season?
4: It is. It's tough not to overreact in general after every game because, right. you know, I think the one thing we've seen this last week is our, our bullpen's been exposed, but it hasn't just been one guy. It's been four or five guys that have had trouble holding leads or holding tie games down. We saw that last night again. And the reality is these guys are, are all good pitchers. They deserve to be on this club. They can be part of a championship club. We saw that last year. Um, they're just going through a little bit of a rough patch. So I, I assume that will get sorted out. But if not, certainly something we'll look at come trade deadline.
2: Earlier this week down at A Fresno saw Francis Martez, uh, one of the Astros' top pitching prospects, got some big league time last year. Going on the disabled list, what's the nature of his injury? And do you have an idea of how long he might be out?
4: Well, the good news is that we actually brought him to Houston, and he saw our doctors and had some imaging done, and there's no there's no issues with his imaging, which is good. Um, he just felt something in his, uh, I think it was his bicep or forearm. And so anytime you're in that bicep or forearm area, you have to make sure you check the elbow. We checked everything. It all looks good right now. Um, but because he had he had a little bit of discomfort, we just wanted to put him on the DL. Uh, I don't expect him to be out very long. You know, he had pitched in a game a few days before that, and he had been out for a little while before that. Um, so I, I, it's nothing really concerning. Probably a couple weeks and then back back in the rotation. And, you know, we need him in there. Paulino pitched yesterday, pitched a good game. We've got other guys down there that are, um, that are performing well, and we want to have five or six guys in AAA that we feel we can count on, whether for a rotation or a bullpen opportunity.
0: Uh, Jeff, a little ways away, but we got a, a glimpse of Jonathan Arauz. He's a shortstop that you acquired from the Philadelphia Phillies a couple of years ago in that Ken Giles trade. He came along with Ken. Uh, tell us about how that acquisition comes to to play. I'm sure that yeah. the scouting was done, but he's been remarkable this season. The home run barrage in the last week alone is is noteworthy.
4: You know, it was a, it was an interesting dynamic because. As as has been reported, the original deal involved uh, an outfielder that's currently on our big league team. And uh, when there were some issues with one of the physicals on the player, we restructured the deal. We ended up putting a Pell in the deal. And what we did is we said, okay, if we're going to give you a Pell because he was a one-one pick, we need we need something back. So we asked for ROs back, a Pan- Panamanian infielder, which we really liked. And they said, okay, well, you have a guy named Arauz, a pitcher in your system, so we'll take him. And at the time, everybody was all confused because these two young kids named Arauz <laughs> were switching teams. But, you know, we got, the, we got the guy we really wanted. And, and you know, we not only got Ken Giles, who's been really good for us in our bullpen, but we got this young shortstop who's quickly becoming one of our top ten prospects and and a guy that has uh, definitely major league ceilings. So, you know, sometimes the last guy's thrown in the deal. They'll, yeah. they'll get a lot of notoriety. But this in this case, I think... Uh, is really blossoming into what we hoped he would.
2: Well, I'm glad you didn't include George Springer in that deal. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, J.D. Davis got sent down, had started to get some traction at the big league level, had that good series in Minnesota, and a lot of times you see guys get sent down to AAA and they sulk and it affects their play. doesn't seem that's been the case for J.D. Davis, though, at least looking at his numbers. And, and that's certainly a testament to, to the sort of player, sort of person he is.
4: Yeah, he's been great. And and the reality is we have a lot of guys right now that are performing in AAA. Tyler White's been very good. Uh, Reed's been hitting the ball. Tony Kemp has been doing it both ways. Uh, but Davis did exactly what, what you said, which is go down to AAA, A. And just show us that you should be back up here. So I think he's got over 1100 OPS, and um, he's playing playing good defense. And that's the position he needs to be in because we don't have an opening right now. But should one occur, you know, it's going to be a tough decision because White's playing well. And if we need a left-handed stick, maybe it's Reed. If we need someone that's got some versatility, maybe it's Kemp. But uh, you know, JD Davis did start to heat up before we sent him down, and he continued that hot streak once he got down there.
0: Jeff, the the draft is just about a month away, and I'm sure there's some scouts crisscrossing across the country checking out guys. Is there any area uh, of depth you'd like to improve in the minor league system?
4: I think, you know, in general, we always look at improving our our pitching depth because the draft, you know, we're going to draft something like 40 rounds of players and we need to have a lot of pitching um, because pitching is, you know, hit and miss and, and you need a lot of them. Uh, but we also feel like, you know, we have, we have some pretty good position players at the upper levels. We need to uh, complement that with some younger position players. So I think across the board, we're just going to be looking at this draft as an opportunity to continue to build our depth and, and have. Uh, chips that we can either trade or or bring up in the future because we know we're going to need some of these cost control pieces down
2: the road. Astro General Manager Jeff Luno, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on guys. And Springer drills this one deep to left center field. Peralta is looking up and that ball is gone. George Springer goes yard and it's two to one Arizona. Springer with his second head of the night. And his seventh home run of the year.
0: Welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Steve Sparks, and with the Arizona Diamondbacks, I have the shortstop Nick Ahmed, who went to college with George Springer, University of Connecticut. Uh, he's Twitterless, Nick, <laughs> and he's mysterious back in Houston. Was he uh, mysterious when he was in college?
1: Uh, yeah, I think early on, really? maybe uh, our freshman year for sure. I think uh, he definitely kept to himself a little bit the first couple months there, and. Uh, he, uh, like some other guys, would go home occasionally on the weekends. And then uh, uh, it took him a little while to open up to the guys. But uh, he's an awesome guy to have on your team in the clubhouse. And I think you guys can see the energy on the field and yeah. in the dugout. So he was, he was always like that with us.
0: How about the backflips? We always heard it in college he was all about the gymnastics. Yeah. He could do the backflips, right?
1: Yeah, before every game. Uh, yeah. We actually had, I think, one or two other guys who started doing it with him after a year or two. And, uh, yeah, it just shows, I mean, how big and strong he is to be able to move like that is, is incredible.
0: You guys had a great team in college, University of Connecticut, up in the Northeast, the horrible weather and all, but you guys competed.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, our coaching staff did a great job recruiting and brought in a bunch of like-minded guys who uh, may not have been the best players coming out of high school, but uh, we all got better together and, and pushed each other to get better and uh, had some really good teams.
0: What was the biggest challenge when you went into the minor leagues uh, out of the Northeast? You guys didn't play a million games like yeah. a lot of guys did during the course of a year, but you guys came out, and a lot of guys are fresher and maybe made bigger improvements.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I was, um, especially on the offensive side, needing to make some adjustments and improvements, and uh, and just turning it into a career full time. Uh, had the time and the uh, the availability to do that, and uh, I don't know if we had a disadvantage. Uh, we are still playing a full college season and all the way through summer ball and into the fall, but um yeah it was uh, it was good to get out and play those 140 or so games in the minors and go through instructional league and, and just get that uh, good coaching every day
0: and nick ahmed when we watch this series we're watching a couple of the best teams in the major leagues right now what's the secret or what's the key to your team offensively i know you're balanced mm-hmm. the bullpen's great what i mean overall when you come into a clubhouse what's special about arizona
1: um i think we just more than anything believe in each other mm-hmm. um You guys can see that in the way we play. It's uh, a different type of win every night, and our pitching staff has obviously been phenomenal, uh, especially the bullpen. I think we have one of the best bullpens in the game right now. So um, they give us a chance to win every night, and uh, we come back uh, even if we're not in it. Uh, In the middle of the game, we get a chance to come back late and tie it up and win it late. So uh, we're in every game. We compete, and we never give up.
0: Sometimes when a former player watches a manager and just listens to him, I feel like I'd like to play for Torrey Lovello. Yeah. What about him kind of allows you to relax and just go out there and do your thing?
1: Yeah, he's got the uh, the same demeanor every day. Yeah. He's always bringing good energy, a positive attitude. Uh, he never seems to let the circumstance dictate, uh, you know, his, his energy, the way he treats people. You know, he's always even-keeled. I know he instills belief in us, and he trusts us to go out there and, and play the game well, and uh, I think he trusts his coaching staff to do their jobs as well, and... Uh, Everybody just feels comfortable to go out and prepare and then let it go once the game starts.
0: All right, that's Nick Ahmed, infielder with the Diamondbacks. Thanks for catching up.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: This. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution